Well, good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Janice M., and I'm a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Today is Monday. It's December 19th, 2016. Okay, we're going to be starting in the forward to the fourth edition on page XXIII, Roman numeral 23. And we're going to be starting, the first reader is going to read the first two paragraphs. Now, today's readers for the 12 steps of OA will be Libby E. And the 12 traditions of OA will be Debbie K. Our readers for the text this morning is, will be uh, Kathy K., Lisa B., and Camilla G. Now, the reference number for our Sunday, our special edition at 8.30, that was Sunday, December 18th, 2016. Share ID 9367. 9367. And that was entitled, Same Disease, Different Manifestations. Thoughts from a Recovered Bulimic, presented by Amy G. of Maryland. Now, our sole purpose, Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors, and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. OA's sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence in the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Libby E. to please read the 12 steps of OA. Thank you, Janice, for your service. Good morning. I'm Libby E., Recovered Compulsive Eater in New York. The 12 steps, one, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, 
promptly admitted it. 11. Sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12. Having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we try to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you, and I pass. And thank you, Libby E. Okay, I will now ask Debbie K. to please read the 12 Traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. Thank you, Janice. Hi, this is Debbie K. from Iowa. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. The 12 Traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is a spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. And I pass. Thank you. And thank you, Debbie Kay. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone, except the speakers, should be muted. All right, 
Okay, today we are going to resume our study in the big book on page XXIII forward to the fourth edition. And at this time, I'm going to ask Kathy Kay to please begin reading. Thank you, Janice, for your service. The fourth edition of Alcoholics Anonymous came off press in November 2001 at the start of a new millennium. Since the third edition was published in 1976, worldwide membership of AA has just about doubled to an estimated 2 million or more, with nearly 100,800 groups meeting in approximately 150 countries around the world. Literature has played a major role in AA's growth, and a striking phenomenon of the past quarter century has been the explosion of translations of our basic literature into many languages and dialects. In country after country where the AA seed was planted, it has taken root, slowly at first, then growing by leaps and bounds when literature has become available. Currently, Alcoholics Anonymous has been translated into 43 languages. And I'm Kathy. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Um, this is just amazing to read uh, the growth that occurred in those intervening 20-some-odd years um, since the third edition had been published. Um, it's just mind-blowing to me to imagine uh, how many different translations of the big book uh, existed in 2001, how many groups were meeting in 150 countries. I wonder what the numbers are today. I want to say, too, that um, in 2001, I had been in Overeaters Anonymous for uh, seven, eight years at that point. And I did have a cop. I think I had a copy of the third edition of the big book, which I had rarely cracked open. Um, to me, at that point in my recovery, um, when I looked at the big book, I did not identify with it at all. Of course, I was not connected with people who were studying the big book. It wasn't until a couple of years after that that a couple of friends of mine from OA had started attending AA big book studies. Um, and it was they who urged me to open the book and come to those meetings um, and to discover that we could identify in with the basic texts of Alcoholics Anonymous. I think about today and I think about how with the Internet, um, the big book is now available online for anyone to look at. Um, and it is translated into so many different languages. I think about um, the fact that the boundaries and the distances between countries is so small now um, that even here on Vision for you, we have people calling in from Europe and from Israel um, and from South America. Um, it really, it's amazing. And I, 
I just, um, I'm in awe. I'm in awe, and I am so grateful that people taught me how to read this book and how to understand it and how to identify in uh, so that I could recover um, using our literature. And with that, I'll pass. Okay, um, just a gentle reminder again, if you're not speaking, uh, if you would just press star one to mute your phone, it is real distracting when you're speaking, if you've ever spoken before. I don't know who's coughing or sneezing or whatever. So we're going to have a group um, starting on page XXIII to comment on the first two paragraphs, please. Who would like to begin? Nancy A. This is Bella. Can I share? Nancy Kim A. B. Bella G. Was that Kim? Wait a minute now. Nancy H. Bella G. Was that Kim G? Yes. Jen B. Kim G. Wait a minute. We have Jane B. I see Sue G. I heard Larry. Let's stop there, please, and we'll go on. We'll have time. Um, Then there's Zen B. Okay. We'll add Zen B to that. All right. Let's have Nancy H. Please go ahead, Nancy. Nancy? I think it was Nancy H. Yes, it was Nancy H. I'm sorry, I'm having technical difficulties. Okay, you're here now. Um, First of all, I'd like to apologize for not checking in. Um, My name's Nancy H. I'm from Massachusetts, and I'm a recovered, grateful, compulsive overreader. Um, I was thinking back when they were reading the paragraph about when I first joined OA in 1976, all we had was the big book. And I kind of didn't really get into it that much. I felt like I couldn't relate. And why were they telling me to read the book of Alcoholics Anonymous? And then we, uh, when we got our literature, I don't even remember the year now, but when the OA literature came out, I kind of got deterred from the big book, and I was so grateful that we had something we could relate to. And little did I know that uh, the the process that I should have been following was right there in the big book where I originally was introduced. And, you know, I think that I needed to have uh, the OA literature to kind of, I don't know, make me relate more. And then I could relate to the big book as exactly as the alcohol if I changed the words. Um, so I'm very grateful that when I finally came to actually to Vision for You after all those years, um, that's when I started to recover and get happy, joyous, and free. Before that, I had recovered, I thought, and I, I was pretty, I was sponsoring and everything was good, but it wasn't good because I kept saying to myself, what are they talking about, these promises, happy, joyous, and free? Well, now that I've recovered from the big book, uh, through the big book, um, I, I definitely am happy, joyous, and free. So I thank you for listening, and I'm, again, I apologize for not checking in as newcomer greeter. Bye-bye. No problem. Yeah, no problem. Okay, Bella G, it's your turn. Thank you. Good morning, everybody. My name is Bella G, and I am a thankful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Thank you, Janice, for doing this service, and thank you very much, everybody on the line. Wow, such a wonderful reading. It's so, so hope. I, I hear the hope. And, yes, something that is growing and growing, it means that it's, it's never old. It's not an old thing. And in too many languages, 
yes, before I came to the program, I wanted to be lonely and alone because I did believe that it's my own problem and I am the only one that just don't have the willpower and I cannot lose weight because I really don't want. And I believe in this. So I didn't want other people should see how how I am the only one in the whole entire world that I cannot deal with my um, overweight. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Now that I am in the program, I see that, you know, this disease, it doesn't, it doesn't belong to one group. You know, you don't have to be at the same religion or to live in the same place or to talk one a certain language. It's a common disease that we all have the same symptoms. And, you know, the symptoms are the same. And the recovery is the same. It's the 12 steps. It's the big book. And it doesn't matter which language you talk. If you talk English or you talk Hebrew or you talk uh, French or you talk other language, the disease is the same. The recovery is the same. And the tools, the 12 steps are the same and the same recovery. And today, thank you, God, I am connected to a loving, accepting power. And this power, it's the same language in all countries. Thank you for letting me share and I pass. Okay, Kim G, good morning to you. Good morning, Janice. Good morning, all. My name is Kim G. I'm a recovery compulsive overeater from South Jersey. Um, in country after country where the AAC was planted, it took root slowly at first, then, then growing by leaps and bounds when literature has become available. So to me, that's stressing the power of this book. You know, in 1935, there were three recovered alcoholics, and by trying to carry this just by word of mouth, there was like 7 to 10 in 18 months. And we saw in the prior um, forwards how that grew by leaps and bounds once the literature was there, once this book was published. And and I just want to reference back history-wise to a gentleman named Clarence Snyder who founded AA in Cleveland, Ohio. And that was the first group to utilize the big book as a program of recovery. I just want to read an excerpt from that history. It says Clarence believed, and what it was too, is that they had like a 90% recovery rate in Cleveland. And Clarence started to notice in New York there wasn't that great a recovery rate, and Bill noticed that. And Bill was curious. He would go to Cleveland and say, what are you doing differently in Cleveland? So Clarence said, Clarence believed the difference between the New York and Midwest AA was the approach to sobriety. In Ohio, the approach was trust God, clean house, and help others. Clarence felt the approach in New York was don't drink and go to meetings. Emphasis on spirituality and the big book as a program of recovery what had made OA, Ohio OA so successful, according to Clarence. He noticed that New York AA had but a few members who were maintaining any sort of absence from alcohol and that most Ohio members had achieved what had what was to become permanent sobriety and had numerous strong AA meetings and evidence. Moreover, Clarence thought that the, if the primary purpose of AA was only to stop drinking and in order to maintain abstinence only to go to meetings, that AA was doomed to failure. Clarence remembered Dr. Bob once saying, 
There is an easy way and a hard way to recover from alcoholism. The hard way was just to go to meetings. And I have to tell you, that's been my experience. We have some wonderful teachers in Overeaters Anonymous. I've traveled to see teachers in big book meetings. We've brought big book teachers to South Jersey. And there's such enthusiasm when that person comes and when that, that, that um, weekend is. But if people don't get into this book and don't apply the steps, that soon fizzles out. Because the fact of the matter is, is that the fellowship supports us, but it's the steps that are going to change us. And with that, I pass. And thank you, Kim G. Okay, um, Jane B., is that you? Are you next? Maybe it was Zen B. Zen, I'm going to call on you next. Zen. Hi, can you hear me? I can hear you now, yes, with that sweet little voice. Go ahead. Fantastic. So, Just a little bit louder, if you could. All right. Is that okay like that? Well, that is so much better. It sure is. Fun- fantastic. So I am Zen B, a recovered compulsive overeater, calling from London, the UK. And um, I, I was a bulimic in France when I was um, around... 12 or 13, and when I arrived in the eating disorder hospital, there was nothing about OA. And today as an adult, I wonder how OA address uh, this issue with children. And the second thing I was thinking about is that when I arrived in London a couple of years ago, like three years ago, I was luckily sent to the eating disorder hospital again. And uh, again, I there was no no document, uh, no display about OA. And after nine months, I asked to, the, to my dietitian, why don't you mention OA in your hospital? And her answer was unclear. But to me, I can say that the solution to my eating disorder is in OA and nowhere else. I didn't f- find the spirituality I needed in any eating disorder hospital in France or in the UK, but I, I do believe that in um, addiction hospital, they have information about AA. Anyway, that's my experience. And I'd like to talk about this sentence which says that literature has played a major role. Indeed, for me it has, because the book can come with me wherever I am, and I do need the solution wherever I am. Moreover, when I was entering meetings and some people were saying uh, my issue is the weight, it, it wasn't my issue. My issue was that my higher power was my body image and that um, it was as well the, the number on the scale or what people think about me. So sometimes I couldn't identify with people talking about losing weight, which was my major issue. Um, again, talking about the literature, there are two words which are very helpful for me, which are meditation and prayers. <clears throat> and I do need to have a look um, at this world on a regular basis. So I'm grateful for the fellowship and I leave it there. Thank you. And thank you so much, Zen B. Okay, good morning to you, Sue G. Good morning, Janice and everybody else. This is Suji from Michigan, recovered by the grace of God. When I was reading this about um, when it was planted, 
grew slowly at first and then by leaps and bounds. I thought of my own personal recovery. Um, when I did not have a recovered sponsor and I didn't have recovery uh, being talked about and experienced at meetings, oh, I practiced step 12 and I um, I sponsored and I sponsored the way my sponsor sponsored me and really easy that I wasn't living in 10 and 11 I was living in 12 but I wasn't you know it wasn't certainly wasn't enough but when I got in when I finally called Vision for You and had a recovery sponsor my program started to grow in leaps and bounds and now I don't sponsor as many people at once but my, I'm tending to my own program right now um, and sponsoring only one person at a time maybe one person for doctor's opinion but um, those seeds were planted all those years when um, I was reading the big book but not understanding it. So the words, the seeds were being planted. They just were ready to be uh, watered and, and, uh, and start to grow. And that didn't happen until vision. So uh, I appreciate uh, the person who gave me the card with the information about vision and God who inspired me to finally after a year to, to call in and thank you for listening and at that I pass and thank you Sue G good morning to you Larry K good morning Janice good morning Larry K recovered compulsive reader from Chicago um, you know in my world you know I, I spent some time uh I should say, when I came to OA, I thought the mechanism of change was a group therapeutic thing, like group therapy. You know, in other words, I thought, you know, that, you you know, a group of individuals, you know, that are distressed, and I was surely distressed, we get to come and discuss our distress. And, you know, and in so doing, you know, there's a, the group context and the group process is utilized to, you know, to, to as, a, as a mechanism of change by developing, developing and exploring and examining interpersonal relationships, see how other people are, are uh, um, you know, are, are, how they're dealing with life. And, and that's when I came to OA, that's what I, I thought. And, and, I, and, and by the way, group therapy works if you're normal, um, in the sense of you have a condition that can be processed through and so forth. See, the problem here and the reason why, back to the big book, what we're reading here is that I came to learn that I have a problem that no human power could resolve. I believe if we don't accept that no human power, if, if you in your heart of hearts believe that, then you are a human power, that you can resolve this if you're like me. You, you may continue to go to meetings. Um, it just, it will, not, it will not resolve this. You may feel better on certain days. I did, and then I go binge my brains out. That's because I had this twofold nature of this illness that only a power greater than myself could resolve. And you know what? In following the big book, in sequence, not about science, it did. It did. It, it solved this problem. That's crazy, right? That's crazy, but it did. 
And so, of course, I'm passionate, and of course, I advocate for this, for this particular problem, sure. Yeah, it resolved this problem. It drove the obsession out, the strange mental twist. It did. It's, uh, it works, and that's why the big book, yeah, that's, I'm an advocate. You betcha. I'm an advocate of the big book because it will, if followed in sequence, it will solve this problem. If you don't follow it and you're a compulsive reader, it won't. You may feel better on certain days, but it's not going to resolve the problem. So thank God for the big book and for Alcoholics Anonymous and the expansion of this. I'm very grateful. With that, I'll pass. Thanks. Janice, we don't hear you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Who else would like to share on page XXIII, the first two paragraphs of the forward to the fourth edition? Melissa R. Melissa C. I think I heard Holland G. Nessa R. Nessa R. Okay, Nessa R. Melissa C. Anyone else? Vasa O. Vasa O. Yes, Vasa. Anyone else? All right, let's go with those four, and then we may continue. Okay, Holland G., good morning to you. Good morning, Janice. Good morning, Team Monday, for all who are doing service this morning. I'm Harlan G. I'm in Scottsdale, Arizona, via Chicago. I'm really glad to be here this morning, and we're talking about the different languages that the big book and the literature have been translated to. And I'm really glad that Kim was able to reference for us Clarence Snyder's the way it worked, because there's just so much rich history in in that. What we're really talking about here isn't French or Spanish or Yiddish or Polish or Russian or English. What we're really talking about here is the language of the heart. Because without being translated into the language of the heart, this book would not help anyone. The truths And the things that we have in this book say to us loudly if we follow it and we're clear, meaning we've put the food down. It says to us, here is the path. Here is what we've been looking for all our lives. From the time I was a toddler, people have been screaming at me and demanding of me that I stop eating so much. But it wasn't until somebody put a copy of the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous in my hand and put the words in my heart that I knew how not to eat so much. Because nobody told me how. All they did was they said, push yourself away from the table. Don't eat so much. Go for a walk. Walk around. All that stuff meant nothing. Nothing it meant. But if I follow the dictates of a higher power, And I look at this book as a textbook. Not only am I not going to compulsively overeat today, but I am going to do so happily. That I am not going to be fighting the food. And that I can have a life so rich and so far beyond anything I could have dreamed of that it is beyond my wildest dreams, beyond my wildest imagination. This book is the language of the heart, the language of hope, the language of recovery from a dreadful illness 
And with that, I'll pass. Thanks. And thank you so much, Harlan G. Okay, Nessa R., good morning to you. Hi, Janice. Did you, uh, did you call on me? This is Nessa R. I did. Oh, thank you. Uh, good morning, Vision for you. It's Nessa R., recovered in still very cold Toronto, Canada. And I don't know how much I'm going to add, um, except maybe just a different date. Um, to what's already been shared, but I, I've said before that um, when something works, it grows and expands and even finds new applications like, you know, this book of Alcoholics Anonymous uh, and a program developed by alcoholics for alcoholics has expanded to other addictions, um, you know, thank God, uh, including compulsive overeating. And just like... Um, other people have shared, um, I, I tried so many things, you know, to, to keep the food down and keep the weight down. Um, this, January 3rd, this coming January 3rd, I will have 14 years in the rooms of OA, but only uh, this coming Sunday, I will have five years of recovery. And so what happened in the intervening nine years? And... I can tell you very simply, not the big book, not the big book. I tried everything that I was told. Um, I tried uh, many different food plans, you know, like just don't eat your binge foods, uh, eat three plates and nothing in between, um, eat uh, uh, three weight and measure meals, you know, don't eat this, only eat that, go to uh, 30 meetings in 30 days, 90 meetings in 90 days, um, uh, phone, uh, make sure you speak to three people every day, you go to three committed meetings every day, uh, you read voices of recovery every day, uh, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, and nothing worked. And the change was um, I finally found someone um, and I just think I didn't find the person. I think God brought us together. It was like the proverbial uh, match made in heaven. Um, and she really had what I wanted, not only a normal body, but a beautiful disposition, you know, a calm, serene joy, you know, despite the hardships that she experiences in her life. Um, and she took me to the big book. She took me to the big book, and, and by the grace of God, through the aid of this book and my sponsor, I recovered. And now I haven't found it necessary to compulsively overeat for almost five years in order to cope with life. And my circumstances haven't changed much. I mean, I still have the same challenges. But, you know, my thinking has so been transformed by this way of living, um, you know, that it doesn't really matter. I, I'm truly unhappy, joyous, and free. You know, I'm free from the bondage of self. I'm free from the bondage of food. Um, and I can manage my circumstances in a way that I never thought would be possible. And the only thing that changed was um, going through the big book and following its instructions precisely. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Yes, and thank you, Nessa R. Okay, Melissa C., good morning to you. It's your turn. Hi, Melissa? good morning. Yeah. Can you hear me? I can. Hi, good morning. It's Melissa C., recovered compulsive overeater in New York. And, 
you know, as the literature spread, um, the basic text of this recovery plan, you know, as it was interpreted into other languages, um, as the AAC was planted, it began to take root. And, you know, I'm thinking about the seed being planted and what that truly means, how, you know, the seed is put in the soil. Um, and first for me, it came, um, it was planted in the fellowship. You know, the ideas get spread telling one compulsive overeater what it is I'm suffering from, what food did to me and what it was doing for me, um, how my disease nearly destroyed me, the lengths I went in order to satisfy the cravings that could not be satisfied, um, how every time I swore off food, I found myself right back in the food again. You know, hearing that, that like was the initial seed and um, either people identify right away or um, the idea takes root over time, you know, and then providing them with the basic text of this beautiful book, it can grow in leaps and bounds because there's only so much, um, you know, if you look at the history, there's only so much spreading it can do um, one-on-one, although that's, you know, super important. Um, We need the literature so that, um, and this specific book that we're talking about um, for it to really spread. And, you know, I'm thinking um, how important that's going to be to keep in mind um, for me in, in my face-to-face meetings, you know, because January, we're going to see a flood of returning um, compulsive overeaters, um, returning fellows, or we're going to see first-timers coming. You know, January seems to be the the, the great month where everybody <laughs> decides, you know, they're going to resolve to um, get this thing in order. And if we don't put in their hands precisely what is going to help, what can do it, I think we're going to miss an incredible opportunity. I'm thinking about that myself. And, um, you know, and so I think our message has to be really big book based, really clear, um, you know, right from the get go that this book, um, gave me my life you know it's so valuable Um, and I tried doing it for years without this book you know I did not believe that this was the answer for me I I, you know I could not um, get over um, my prejudice about the book I read it with the most closed mind and you know over the weekend I was reading it with with someone um, and we were like amazed at how the language, how could this have been written, you know, so long ago, because there are lines that sound so hippie and so new age, and there are, you know, and I think it's just so relatable for anybody, Um, and uh, that's really what I'm going to think about today, how to carry this book into um, new people. Thank you, with that all task. And thank you, Melissa C. Okay, Vasa, oh, good morning to you, Vasa, you're up. Yes. Good morning, everyone. Thank you, Janice, for your service. And I'm grateful, grateful, recovered, compulsive, Vita Crown from Florida. And uh, I'm so grateful that the person gave me this big book when I came uh, to my first OA meeting in 1986. We didn't have many li- that much literature, uh, other OA literature. And uh, I don't have the fourth edition. I have the first, second, and third I have so many marks in my book, so, you know, I'm just keeping these books. But it's amazing how much um, the OA has grown since 2001. 
um, you know, so many more meetings, so many more um, different languages. Um, and uh, when I, I, I did go to my old country in Macedonia, I wanted to bring the message, but we were there for such a short time, it was just impossible. But I did bring the big book, and I gave it to my brother. He was struggling with alcohol and drugs. I don't think he ever picked it up because when we went to visit, like many years later, he passed on, and I could not even find the big book. So I hopefully it's in, in, in good hands somewhere. And I would love to see this, um, to, uh, to get a meeting over there, and I'm going to try to work on it. Um, but anyway, this book was given to me, and I had really some difficult time understanding. I, said, I was saying, I'm not an alcoholic. This is food, you know. And I remember my sponsors that just scratch food, alcohol put food, and try to relate. And that's what I did. And, and then, as a matter of fact, I started having compassion for the alcoholic. Because, you know, because I blame my father for being an alcoholic. You know, I said, oh, my God, it's a disease, and I have the disease. It's passed on me. So, you know, I started, and I gave him the big book, and he didn't do anything about it anyway. But anyways, it's, it's a program for me. It's a program that people want it, and they want to work it. And what I heard, um, the, you know, I had a, prob- a problem, and no human power could relieve me from the food addiction. Only God uh, only God, if I just surrender to God. And that has been the answer to me. I needed to be abstinent. And again, for me to be abstinent, I had to get on my knees every morning and please get me God just from the day, from, uh, from one meal to the next. And then, uh, and, then, and then trust God and clean house and help others. And that's what, that's what has worked for me. And I'm just so grateful that I have a happy, joyful, free, content life today with the food and and have been relieved from the resentments, anger, fears, worries. And if something comes up, I can do step uh, 10 and, you know, and talk with somebody. And I just love to give this um, program to others that want it, that want to work it. And I was willing to work the program because I didn't want to die. So thank you for letting me share, and I pass. And thank you, Vasa O. Okay, is there anyone else that would like to comment on the first two paragraphs? Irini? Irini. Danielle O. from New York. Danielle O. from New York. Anyone else? Uh, Ben C. from Washington. Uh, What is the name again? Ben C. from Washington. Ben C.? Okay, Ben. Okay. And uh, please, let's go with those three for now. Erin, I mean, Erin, Erini. It's your turn. Thanks. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you, Janice, for your loving service. Good morning, my spiritual brothers and sisters. My name is Irini M. from New York, and I'm a very grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Thank you, God. Always giving credit where credit is due. Okay, I lost it. The seed. Okay, seed. Okay. Seed was planted. It has taken root. And then it sprouted like crazy. So a growth is a process. You know, it has to take root. And how? By planting a seed, which is the action that we need to take. 
So what goes on with this seed of hope that we have to nurture and grow into a root and then so it can become a root and then it can grow into a plant and then it can give off this delicious fruit. It's these words in this book that is transformable along with the connection of our fellowship that supports us. The seed is the power. It's the words in this book. In order for a seed to take root, there needs to be soil and not rock. Seeds that are planted on rock, they do survive, but only for a little while. And this is when we read the big book and it stays in our heads. Or when we listen to vision as background music. We can't get recovered because we don't really believe in the depths of our being. It just stays in our heads. And continue to believe in thyself. But, but. A seed on ground of soil can take root and grow. And that is one who reads the words in this book, puts it in their hearts, and with God pushes it down to their feet and becomes this book, becomes the word, becomes the big book. And it's such an honor and a privilege, and it's the greatest joy to take responsibility and walk in the light of the Spirit. I thank you, and I pass. And thank you so much, Erini. Okay, Danielle O. Good morning. Can you hear me? Danielle O. Perhaps she's having trouble. Hey, I'm sorry about that, guys. Hi, everyone. My name is Danielle Compulsive Over Eater from upstate New York. <clears throat> you know, I was thinking about this topic and how the language of uh, the different languages that have come from different places in the world and how they have come to be so important to Alcoholics Anonymous. And yet, one of the things that I've come to understand about that book is that it is nothing until I can pick it up. And no matter what anybody says to me, if they threw it at me and said, you need to read this, I probably wouldn't. And if they told me I had to do certain things, I'd probably only understand a small portion at a time. So as valuable as that our big book is to us, it has taken a lot of time for me to let the truth absorb. Because... When I first got here, I didn't want to accept the truth. I didn't know how to. I didn't know what I was doing. I was scared. I didn't want to let go of food. I liked the way my life was, sort of, without all the other problems and health issues. But I didn't want to let it go. And little did I know that the words, the black writing in that book was what I needed to let sink in. And... By being here and staying here and studying the book and talking to other people about what they interpret, it's helping me so much to understand me. That book is alive because I read it. It's because I have sat long enough to just let it sink in and let other people talk about it so that I can hear different perspectives. 
So it's been a, a very meaningful uh, period of time for me in, in OA because of that. But that doesn't mean <clears throat> I have it all together because I still, I still am learning. And I think that's one of the things the book always reinforces with me is as much as I think I have it, for as much time as I have in uh, sobriety and, and abstinence, I don't. And I like that it shows me that all the time because I, I have just been a student and I need to remember that. And I like being there. But um, I don't know, that, that book is an amazing place. It's just whether or not the person can uh, pick it up and actually use it and um, in their life. And thank God it was I was willing to do that. And it's been uh, a miracle uh, maker for me. So I thank everyone and have a wonderful day. Pass. And thank you, Danielle. Oh, okay. Ben C., it is your turn. Oh, oh hello. I just, uh, I was at the World Service Convention um, this year in Boston, and I thought there was a very wonderful share about a woman who had started the first um, OA groups in South Korea. Um, and, and then I went out and looked um to see how many countries oh, um, um, Alcoholics Anonymous was in now. And there was a publication in 2005, a press release from AA.org. And in this 2005 press release, they said that um, it was now in 180 countries. Um, and this press release was actually, it was in honor of the, two, the 25 millionth big book to be published, which I thought was pretty amazing in 2005. And with that, I'll pass. Okay. Thank you, Ben C. All right. Anyone else on this paragraph? All right. I'd just like to, Janice, um, just to have a comment. Uh, my name is Janice M., and I'm a grateful, recovered, compulsive the eater. Now, studying this book, in this second paragraph, you know, literature, of course, which we're talking about, is mentioned three times in one paragraph, <laughs> and it has played a major role. Nothing else, not the press, not the religion, not the friends, even though without them, it wouldn't grow even more, but the literature was the major role. Why? Because that was the phenomenon. The written words here, the language of the heart, reaches the heart. Who makes my heart? Well, I have a creator. So if it's the language of the heart, then it has to be spiritual to me. And that's the striking phenomenon. It's unexplained. It's unexplained how this could happen. It's an unexplained occurrence, which makes the whole book spiritual. And that I didn't know was my problem. I thought it was the world, I thought it was the food, I thought it was the right, the right sponsor, all that sort of thing. And why did it grow so fast? For two major reasons. It grew leaps and bounds when the literature became available because we got, they got recovered, and that's what's happening today through this book as a result of this book, spiritual awakening, and families were reunited. Same thing happening today because of this book. I mean, for me, anyway, I mean, because that's the only way I know, and I've been around a long time. 
So you see, there's something so different about this book. It's not just another book. It's a spiritual language of the heart that reaches, like it was said, it reaches my heart, one heart to another heart. And that's why it's a phenomenon, because it is spiritual. All right. Does anyone else want to comment on this paragraph? We don't have too much more Barbara time. Barbara B. I would. Good. Good. Okay. We have Barbara B. Renee and we C. have Nancy R. And then Nancy. we'll try. We'll try. <laughs> let's go on to Nancy. Barbara B. first. Nancy R. And then we'll see if we have any more time. Thank you. Go ahead, Barbara B. Thank you. This is Barbara B. Recovered Compostable Reader in Massachusetts. Uh, the thing that I'm hearing in my mind and feeling in my heart this morning as we read this section is my first sponsor, OA in New Jersey. It had only been there three months. It was 1975, and my first sponsor was like a lone voice crying in the desert because she got the big book. And she grabbed it the way, as it says, the drowning grabs the life preserver. And so she carried the message. Before there was that much attention in a way to the phenomenon of craving, that was where she put us all at the beginning. And she was writing an index to get us into it. But the thing that I'm hearing this morning is her voice saying, with all of that love and use and the text book we've been given, etc., she said, you will be a walking, talking big book. You may be the only walking, talking big book that person will ever be willing to listen to. So that call to actually be this, this book is what I'm hearing this morning. Uh, thank you, and I pass. And thank you so much. Okay, um, we have a couple of minutes. And I'll tell you, I don't even know the time. Let me just see. Uh, just about two minutes. Do you want to just do two minutes, Nancy, because time is running? I sure do. Thank you so much. I'm Nancy R. I'm a grateful to recover compulsive reader, and I'm just so grateful for the written word. You know, throughout history, storytelling has been one of the primary ways of transmitting stories, and just imagine how confusing the um, recovery would be if we depended upon uh, oral history. And also, another thing happens in, in um, uh, translations and in um, uh, different editions. Um, sometimes the language is updated and it changes the meaning, the meaning of words. So I'm just so grateful that the original pages uh, are the same as they were when they were written and that we have access to the true undulterated word. The hundred and the first hundred and sixty four pages, it tells us in the four words, all the four words that they are the same as they were uh, when they were written. I'm so grateful for that. But that I'll pass. Thank you. Everyone who's sharing, I've gotten so much today. Thank you for your service. But that I'll pass. Yeah, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Okay. Um, thank you to everyone who has shared. And anyone that's left over that would like to share, please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Lisa B. please read a vision for you? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Good morning. This is Lisa B., a grateful, recovered, compulsive, overeager in Greenville, South Carolina. 
Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose, disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then. I pass.